Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Welcome to the Soul H2O radio and podcast show, Mela Series. I'm your host, Sherry Stahl, and I couldn't be happier you joined us for episode 132, A Rabbit on the Swim Team. In this group of shows focusing on the wisdom of Dr. Mela Davis and how she's helping to break down racial barriers in South Africa and the U.S., Mela is a writer, ethnographer of Black history, teacher and mentor for young women. This is the month to honor Black history in our country, and I couldn't think of a better way than to honor a Black history maker in the making. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. You can even use them for your personal devotions and find them on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 132, along with information about our guest. So let's dive in to today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. Years ago, friends and I used to travel around and speak at women's events. We did seminars on spiritual gifts and tried to help women see that everyone has a gift. To start off, we did this silly little skit called A Rabbit on the Swim Team. To be honest, I'm not sure where the skit came from, but it's the cutest little story that packs a powerful punch. The story goes like this. Once upon a time, all the animals in the forest formed a school. They established a well-rounded curriculum of swimming, running, climbing, and flying. All the animals were required to take all of the courses, so it was easier to administrate. The duck excelled at swimming. In fact, he was better than the instructor. But he only made passing grades in climbing and was very poor in running. He was so slow, he had to stay after school to practice running. This caused his webbed feet to become so badly worn, he became only average in swimming. But average was quite acceptable, so no one ever worried about it. Except the duck. The rabbit was at the top of her class in running. But after a while, she developed a twitch in her leg from all the time she spent in the water trying to improve her swimming. The squirrel was a peak performer climbing, but was constantly frustrated in flying class as his body became so worn from all the hard landings he didn't do too well in climbing and ended up being pretty poor and running. The eagle was a continual problem student. She was severely disciplined for being a nonconformist in climbing class. She would always beat everyone else to the top of the tree, but insisted on using her own way to get there. The obvious moral of the story is a simple one. Each creature has its own set of capabilities in which it will naturally excel, unless it is expected or forced to fill a mold that it doesn't fit. When that happens, frustration, discouragement, and even guilt bring overall mediocrity or complete defeat. A duck is a duck, and only a duck. It is built to swim, not to run or fly, and certainly not to climb. Ducks can run. Surely they can. But is it what they do best? No. A squirrel is a squirrel, and only that. To move it out of its forte climbing and then to expect it to swim or fly will drive a squirrel nuts. Eagles are beautiful creatures in the air, but not in a foot race. The rabbit will win every time 
Unless, of course, the eagle gets hungry. What is true of creatures in the forest is true of Christians in the family, both the family of believers and the family under your roof. God hasn't made us all the same. He never intended to. It was he who planned and designed the differences, unique capabilities and variations in the body. Romans 12, 5 to 6 says, So in Christ, we, though who many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. God has placed you in his family and given you a gift to share with the world. When you operate in the realm of capabilities, you will excel and the whole body will benefit. Then you'll experience incredible satisfaction. When others operate in their realm, balance, unity, and health automatically occur in the body. But when you compare, force, or entertain expectations that are beyond your God-given abilities, mediocrity, frustration, phoniness, or total defeat is predictable. If God made you a duck, you're a duck, my friend. Swim like mad, but don't get bent out of shape because you wobble when you run or flap instead of fly. Furthermore, if you're an eagle, stop expecting squirrels to soar or rabbits to build the same kind of nests you do. When you try to force someone else to be something they're not, it only leads to frustration and exhaustion. The worst part of all, what little bit of originality or creativity they have will be consumed in that false role you're forcing on them or yourself. Why not just be yourself? Why try to be like anybody else? It's okay to be you. It's okay to let your family members be who they are, even if their outlook or style may be different than yours. Rabbits don't fly. Eagles don't swim. Ducks look funny trying to climb and squirrels don't have feathers. Stop comparing. Start enjoying being you. There's plenty of room in the forest. Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes at Joy Radio? Well, the wait is over. I'm Holly Taylor of Good Company. And I'm James Curtis of The Drive. Subscribe to our Joy newsletter, Living Joyfully. And on the second Tuesday of each month, you'll gain exclusive access to powerful testimonials from fellow listeners, inspiring news, opportunities to serve, and much more. Staying connected to Joy Radio has never been easier. Subscribe at joyradio.ca and become a joyful insider. Joy Radio, wherever you are. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Dr. Mela Davis holds a doctorate degree in performance studies with a specialty in African diaspora studies. She's a trained ethnographer and folklorist who's traveled far and wide to areas and people of African descent, researching oral traditions and culture. Mela's desire to preserve communal storytelling traditions inspire her writing that weaves history and culture through prose. Dr. Davis is a published poet and award-winning educator with a mission to write about little-known African-American history. Welcome to the Soul H2O radio and podcast show, Dr. Davis. I'm so pleased to be here, Sherry. Thank you 
for offering me this opportunity. Well, it is seriously my pleasure. And, you know, Mela, I know that for the past decade, you've spent most of your days in South Africa teaching and mentoring young women, which we'll we'll get to that and writing while you're there. But your life started in the deep south of the United States. And I'm wondering, what was it like for you to grow up in Texas? Well, I'll have to say that in my home, my mother really prized education. Um, She graduated as valedictorian of her all-black high school, Jackson High School, and um, she didn't immediately go on and become a teacher, but when she was 50, she graduated with her teaching degree, and she was just an example to myself and my siblings about how one's life changed with a good education. And she really stressed that for us. And she modeled that for us, working as a maid um, during the day, going to school at night to secure her teaching certificate. So we didn't come from uh, a wealthy background. In fact, for a while after my grandfather passed away, my mother and her siblings worked as sharecroppers and also picked cotton. And this sort of humble beginning really gave me the foundation of being able to say to my students, whether they were in the United States or in South Africa, anything is possible with Jesus and an education. And Mm. it doesn't matter where you begin. It really matters what do you do with what you're given. And I often say to my students, God has given each person, no matter their socioeconomic start, some kind of a gift to get out of poverty. It might be doing hair. It might be dribbling a ball. It might be landscape work. But he has endowed each person with a gift to help them escape their circumstances. He has not left us um, without some means of escape. And we just need to look and ask the Lord, Lord, how have you gifted me? And for me, uh, my love of reading and writing and language were my out. Um, I was involved in debate. I was involved in French club. And we had a a literary uh, journal called Penman. And I studied French. And so I took whatever the Lord had placed in me in terms of giftedness and really tried to develop those gifts so that I could escape the reality of a small town that, frankly, was quite racist and limited um, in its belief of what a African-American girl could accomplish. I remember being the only African-American in my advanced classes in high school and on the debate team and being told um, you'll be pregnant before you get out of high school Mm. just based on the color of my skin nothing to do with as dr martin luther king would say the content of my character so there was this um, stereotyping that for a lot of people became predictive of their future and in essence a self-fulfilling prophecy about where they would end up solely based on their gender and race But you didn't allow that to sink in. You uh, recognized the gift that God had placed in you. And you did work to multiply that. I think of what your mom, you know, laid that foundation that 
you know, education was so important and valuing yourself to actually invest in yourself like she did. And you, you're, you working and growing that gifting took you places far and wide. You actually studied in France, didn't you? Yes. Um, I came into Austin College as only an English major because in my mind, one gift was my ability to write uh, as, a, as a poet. And um, we had a two-year requirement of foreign language in high school and then also in college. And so once I got to Austin College, the French professors uh, said to me, why don't you go to France? And I said, but I'm not even a French major. <laughs> and they said, you're better than the French majors. You should go. And I ended up studying at the Université de Nancy and um, at the Faculté de Lettres there. And it was a program that was a, a, a diploma program that was eventually, if I had stayed, would allow you or me or any person who finished it to teach French to other foreigners. So I completed a portion of that back to the U.S., had no idea that two years later I would be at Northwestern and that as a performance studies graduate student, I would need to choose two sub-specialties. So I chose African studies and got a certificate, a doctoral certificate in that. And then my second subspecialty was Francophone postcolonial literary theory. So um so I, I used um, the, the French language side master to help me then learn Creole. And I did my dissertation on African folk tales and how Creolized languages enable culture to stay intact. And I did a comparison between the Gullah Sea Islands. I was on St. Helena's Island um, and I was in Guadeloupe. I spent a bit of time in Barbados as well and looked at how language shapes the culture. So it was a, a, a stepping stone, and that's what I, I see with God. God takes whatever we have. I had two years of, of French study in high school. He multiplied that into a four-year degree in college. I wasn't even a French major. In fact, I went to France for free. I had so many scholarships that I didn't even pay to go to France, and I had money to pay off some of my other loans. So I clearly could see that God was leading and guiding me. And he wanted me to go to France. In fact, when I told my mother that the uh, the professors thought I should go to France, and she said, well, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. And then, as I said, <laughs> I got so much money, I loans. So, um, you know, God was clearly using that and setting me on a trajectory that would take me from my bachelor's in French all the way to doctoral level studies that required me because I was doing African studies. You had to speak a language that was spoken on the continent. And of course, French is one of them. Um, so that just set me up from, from one stage to the next. Hi, I'm Mella Davis from episode 132, and my music pick song for the Soul H2O radio and podcast show is Believe by Blessing Author. So you catch me when I fall, right? Believe, 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 believe in your love. Take your favorite radio station with you on the go with the MyJoy Radio app. Listen to live shows, catch up with past episodes, and stay connected with Joy Radio 24-7. Download our app today and never miss a beat. The MyJoy Radio app, available now. 
Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're back from the break with Dr. Mela Davis, a writer, ethnographer, and folklorist of African culture. Well, Mela, I know that you uh, love God's Word. You're passionate about it. And so I'm wondering if you could share a tip, a Bible study tool or tip, something that helps you to get into God's Word. Well, the scripture that I really have been meditating on is Amos 5.24. And it says, but let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like a never-failing stream. And that was a a verse that really inspired Dr. Martin Luther King, especially when he was in jail in Birmingham. And I really feel that Holy Spirit is the one that shows us how to be agents of righteousness and justice. You know, Acts 13.36 says that David, when he served God's purpose for him and his generation, he died. Each person has a role and an assignment that they're anointed to fulfill. But most of us never get around doing that because we haven't learned how to cooperate with Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is not only a counselor and a helper, he's our teacher and the spirit of truth. And so one of the things I try to do daily is get quiet and get sealed. And before I make a decision, tune my spiritual ears to hear what Holy Spirit is saying to me. And I find that the more that I obey, the clearer and stronger I can hear his voice. The more I disobey, the further I get away from him, the harder it is to discern his will and his plan. So just being very sensitive to obey the things of the scripture that I know to do, things that are clearly marked out in scripture, But then the small nudges when he says, this is the way, walk ye in it. Walking in that way then causes his voice to take on a sort of stereophonic volume where I really know that I'm hearing from him and he can lead and guide me. And I can meet those, the word in Hebrew is uh, hamoadim, those appointed times and seasons in my life to be in the places that he calls me to be. And I think, you know, in in the first segment of our interview with you, you were just getting to the point about how, you know, you were excelling academically and you could have, you know, been teaching at any high level, academic level, which you were. But then you sensed in those quiet times as you spent time meditating on scripture that God called you back to Texas, to the people that you were, you know, you grew up around and to helping in a place that wasn't easy for you and where I, I, you know, from what I understand, you definitely saw injustice rolling down as waters, like it talks about in Amos 5, 24. And so how difficult was that going back, almost feeling like you're going backwards in life, but it wasn't, it was listening to the Holy Spirit guide and direct you. Well, Holy Spirit really used that time at that high school to prepare me for the work that I would eventually be involved in in South Africa when I established Teachers of the Nations, because I began teaching um, the students how to figure out where they were gifted. 
I taught all the different, I taught in all the different uh, learning modalities. If a child was artistic, if they were verbal, if they liked to make things, if they could draw, I let them use all of their skills. So I began to help them tap in to how they were wired and then show them how to take those skills and then take it from French class and take it to all the other classes they were involved in. And yearly also involved them in entrepreneurial schemes, taking things mm-hmm. that they were gifted in, they didn't get any real money, had to practice how to earn money from their skill set. And then the third thing I did was teach them how to be servants in the larger community. So we went to nursing homes, women's shelters, cleaned out the parks. We served. That was part of what you had to do. So all of those things, learning how to serve others, having a heart of gratitude, uh, tapping into your giftedness, um, using those strengths to move forward, learning how to make money so that you could be uh, fiscally responsible. Those things I took with me when I went to South Africa, because what I confronted was also, if I could say, even a greater level of disenfranchisement and injustice. Because at least in the United States, my students had access to uh, free or reduced food. Um, They could go to school for free. Uh, There were various programs that provided them with glasses. You know, there was the Lions Club. Mm -hmm. There were various organizations that were trying to bridge the gap um, in, in in their families' lives. But coming to South Africa and working in the informal settlement, there was nothing like that. And the government had really abandoned its task and role in terms of supporting um, lower economic families. But what I had learned while I was back in Texas prepared me for what I needed to do in South Africa. So I recognized God didn't waste anything. But the main thing God was doing during my time there, the 10 years that I served, was killing my spirit of pride. He was humbling me um, so that he could use me. You know, there's a scripture that says I must become less. That's what John says. I must become less so that he can become greater still. He had to reduce Mela so that Jesus could rise up. And Jesus said, if anyone of you wants to be a leader, he must first be the servant of all. Mela, I wish the girls got to have a long conversation with you like I did on uh, Zoom. But I just wonder, as we close this show, if you could share with the girls the project that you're working on that I really want them to hear about. Yes. So I'm releasing a book called I Made History, a collection of biography, faith and art. And it chronicles the lives of African-American heroes that exhibit the kinds of character traits and godly behavior that we need to see today in society. Mela, it has been incredible to have you on the show. And I, you know, I think we have to have you back to get into the discussion, you know, about racism and how you combat racism. I think people can hear it, though. It's in becoming the best you. And so I am so thankful that you are here today. You've been a blessing. Thank you again for the invitation, Sherry.
Mela brings the truths from Romans 12, 5 to 6 to life. In Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Everyone has a gift. You have a gift. My challenge for you this week is to grow in your gifting. If you're not sure what your gift is, why not take the online spiritual gifts test listed in the show notes and find out how God's gifted you to serve. I know you'll find it empowering. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 132, A Rabbit on the Swim Team, part one of two in the Mela series. Make sure to check out the show notes for scripture graphics, information about our guest, and links to anything mentioned on the show at soulh2o.com slash 132. I hope you'll share this episode with your friends and family. Take a screen capture while listening on your device and share on your social media to help spread the word about Soul H2O. Come back next week when another class is in session with Dr. Mella Davis. Until then, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.